I'm really glad to be here. It is truly an honor. I told my wife this. Uh, I'm married to a beautiful lady named Jenna. We've been married. We just celebrated 20 years in March. Uh, we have five children. Uh, that's a long story that we don't have time for this morning. Uh, if you have five children, you have a long story. Uh, just know that. And you deserve everyone's prayers. Uh, but we have been in uh, Peoria for two and a half years. We moved here from Las Vegas, Nevada uh, to be the lead pastor at Richwoods Christian Church, which is truly an honor. And then I fell in love with all of you. Uh, this church has become a beacon of light uh, at Richwoods. Some of the things you do in Washington, for Washington, uh, with Washington have inspired us. Uh, we use a phrase called for the city. Uh, for some of the things we do. And that comes from an inspiration that I received from your pastor uh, and you guys, as you guys are for Washington and live that out so vibrantly. And so we have stolen that. We have tried to model that. We've tried to grow and we are continuing trying to grow our passion for our part of the city. And so thank you, first and foremost. Uh, you guys, what you do for the Lord here has truly uh, been a blessing to us. If this is your first time here, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> You would normally have a really cute English accent guy speaking to you. Uh, you got a little dose of him for a second. Uh, but come back, I promise you, you won't regret it. And if you have anything that today that you don't disagree with, I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can send me an email at davejane at connectwashington.org. Uh, we would love to hear all your complaints and, and things you don't like. Uh, the five senses are sight, Sound, taste, smell, and touch. Those are the five major senses. And these senses are massively important to us. We have them, we use them. You're using them right now. You use them without even thinking. You experience them when you have a cup of coffee or tea, when you eat something, when you hug someone, whatever you do in one way, shape, or form, just sitting here breathing and looking, you are engaging your five senses. They're so important. Senses are our connection to the world around us. So we need them to perceive our environment, interact with other people. When you walked inside this building and then particularly inside this room, you engaged your five senses, you looked around, you may have chosen where you sit based on what your senses led you to do. Some of you sat up front and said, I don't mind the spit zone, I'm in for it. You didn't know it was a spit zone, it is. It is, I'm sorry, you should have brought a shield, okay? You engaged it with how cool or hot you thought the room is, you engaged it with the cup of coffee you have, we use it to perceive our environment. Senses can help with everyday tasks, right? Everyday tasks, they can help us with like driving, right? You drive near people who don't use their senses while driving. That's why you give them hand signals and sign language, right? You see people like, are you blind, right? You're wanting them to use their five senses. We use them when talking to people, performing activities at work. Senses are essential for our enjoyment of many experiences. They're so essential. They're essential for us eating a meal, listening to music. You actually engage multiple senses anytime you just eat. Not just your taste buds, but even the smell of something can tell you if it's pleasant or it's not. The look of food is reason enough to eat it or to not eat it. Like I'm a very visual person, so for me, like looking at cottage cheese is never going in my mouth. Just the look of it, like it looks like something unpleasant. It may taste wonderful. My wife says it does. I think it looks awful. Senses are closely connected to our emotions and memories. You ever have that song 
that takes you back to that day and that place and that time. That song that reminds you of that girlfriend or boyfriend that your husband or wife doesn't know about. (laughs) A song you quickly turn because it takes you back to an unpleasant memory. That smell, the, the feeling of a fabric that reminds you of a grandparent or a parent who passed away. You ever heard someone say, man, that smells like grandma. That's how powerful our senses are. They can have a dramatic impact on how we feel. Leonardo da Vinci said this about the five senses. He said, the five senses are the ministers of the soul. That they're the ministers of the soul. That our five senses are so powerful, they affect and impact how we feel deep in our soul. Your senses, when you reflect back on something that was traumatic in your life, your senses can make you sad. They can make you happy. They can make you feel all kinds of ways. You see, in our God engages, because he's the creator of the five senses, He engages with us through the senses that he's given us. And he says this throughout the scripture. I'll give you some examples. Psalm 34, 8 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. He just doesn't say read and memorize that the Lord is good, right? That's why some of our faiths are so dry, right? We just read the word, we put it down, we go to work. But he says, no, I want you to have such an intimate experience with me. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. This happened a lot last weekend. A lot last weekend in churches all over the country, people were tasting and seeing the Lord for the first time. It wasn't just a word, it wasn't just an environment, it was a felt experience or encounter with God. He says in Proverbs 20 verse 12, we have ears to hear and eyes to see both our gifts from the Lord. That we have gifts from the Lord that are simply our eyes and our ears and our hearing and our seeing that we can drive and see the creation and feel it and watch it. I I went to Grandview Drive uh, every so often, about once a week I'll go there and spend some time before I go into work. It's really close to our church. And I sit there and I was watching three cardinals play around a tree and they were just playing with each other. And I was watching them just dance around and enjoy one another and it was beautiful to see it. And I was like, what a gift from God that God is engaging me through my senses. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 15 says this, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. God has senses and he smells your life. He smells if your life is being lived as a Christ-like fragrance. Every time we decide to be like Jesus, it is a fragrance that rises up to God. Matthew chapter eight, verse three, Jesus is using his senses when he's got this man with leprosy and he should be cast out and no one should touch him and everybody should run away from him and they should Leviticus 13, that thing, and totally stay away from this guy. Jesus went up and he reached out and he touched him and instantly the leprosy disappeared. You see, today we're gonna talk about the vine. We're gonna talk about, Jesus said, I am the true vine. And we're gonna talk about what that means. What we have to understand is that Jesus gave us these senses. He gave us all these things to look and see and hear and smell and taste and touch. And he wants them all. He wants them all to be used to lift up a Christ-like fragrance to him. You see, a secret to the true vine. I'm gonna give you a secret before we study anything. Here's the secret. Jesus doesn't want 
your church attendance. Jesus doesn't just want your church attendance. Now you're in church and that's a good thing, but Jesus didn't come and he's not the vine just so he could get you to a room. Jesus doesn't just want your volunteering, although yes, he does. Jesus doesn't even want just your 10% giving. Notice I said this here at Dave's church, not mine. If you're at Richwood's watching, yes, we do. But he doesn't, and here's why. Because Jesus, the true vine, wants everything. Jesus, the true vine, doesn't want a portion. He doesn't want a little bit. He wants everything. The, the idea behind the vine is that we would find a source for everything, that our taste would be done to glorify the Lord, that our sight would glorify the Lord, that our hearing would glorify the Lord, that our touch and smell and all the things would glorify God. See, Jesus, when he was here on this planet, I find this interesting about our Lord. Jesus didn't count weekly attendance at his gatherings. You know why? Because he wanted everybody. Jesus is not willing that any should perish, but that how, how many? All should come to repentance. There is not a person in this room or watching online who Jesus doesn't want. He's happy that there's two, three, four hundred people in the audience, but he wants everybody. Jesus didn't invite people to serve. He actually invited them to come, die to self, and follow. Jesus didn't want me just to serve a little bit at Dream Center and to serve a little bit at Richwoods. No, he said, I, I want you to come, die to yourself, and follow me all the time. That your life is a walking service. Jesus never took an offering. You ever notice that? There's never a time in Jesus' ministry where he gets the fellas or the disciples together and by the hundreds says, hey, let's time to pass the plate. Time to drop the offering in the box on the way back. Hey, fellas, you can give online. Jesus never takes an offering. You know why? Because Jesus didn't want five, 10, or 15%. He wanted 100. Jesus knew that if I get your heart, I get everything that comes with it. And that's the idea behind the vine, is that Jesus is the source of everything we need, allowing us to give him everything that we are. So we're gonna learn a few things this morning together about the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. And the first thing we're gonna learn, the first thing we see from this passage in John 15, is we need to learn how to be a branch. You need to learn how to be a branch. I need to learn how to be a branch. In John 15, verse one, he said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. We're gonna talk about those two roles here in a second. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So there's two people he talks about in the beginning of John 15. He says, first, there's this person called the true vine and that's Jesus. Jesus is talking about Himself. And when he describes himself as the vine, he is saying, I am the source of life. That everything that I am is the source of life. He's the giver of life to the branches. And you guess who the branches are? That's us. That all of us this morning, you know what we are? We are just branches. We're just branches and he is the vine. He is our connection to God the Father. If you feel distant from God, which happens, right? It happens as a follower, right? You just have these times where it's dry. You have these times where you don't hear from the Lord. There's times where you feel like he's distant. Maybe you're an atheist or agnostic and you feel like totally disconnected. You don't even know if there is a God or you're certain there isn't. Jesus 
why he's so important as you explore spirituality is he is the connection to God the Father. Jesus is the one that connects us. We, the branches, the Bible says, are grafted into him. It says that we are infused with him. We become a part of him. When you give your life to Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior, Master, King, friend, follower, you are engrafted into Jesus. You become a part of him. And his blood is what enables us to be his branch. See, Jesus is the source. But he says there's another person in the story, and his name is the vine dresser, and that's God the Father. God the Father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine and God the Father is the gardener. And he's the one who cares for us. He's the one who decides to send his son to this planet. He's the one who made it so that Jesus could rise from the dead, which you celebrated seven days ago. He's the one that sent his son so that his son could be that source. He is the one who desires good fruit from your life. I love this passage in Psalm 80. I have to wear my glasses because I'm old now. He says this about being a vine. And just listen to this. This is how much God the Father cares for you. He says, turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. You brought us out from Egypt like a grapevine. You drove away the pagan nations and you transplanted us into your land. You cleared the ground for us and we took root and filled the land. And that's the responsibility of the vine dresser. God the Father wants to take you, connect you to his son Jesus, and Jesus be the source for your entire life. The goal of the vine dresser is twofold. Number one, he makes us more fruitful. If you are connected to Jesus the vine, your life produces fruit. You can find those fruits in Galatians 5. But he's not just one who produces produce more fruit. He also wants to make us more like Jesus. But here's the problem. Here's my problem. I'll share my problem. Too often, I try and be the vine, not a branch. There's a wonderful book by Andrew Murray called The True Vine. You should read it. It's worth read. It's not a long read. But he says this about us being the branches and Jesus being the vine. He says, you are the branch and you need be nothing more. You are the branch and you need be nothing more. You are the branch and you need be nothing more. You need not for one single moment of the day take upon you the responsibility of the vine. You need not leave the place of entire dependence and unbounded confidence. I've got really good news for all of us this morning. All of us this morning, some of us come in here heavy. I love that passage that the worship leader read about, man, we're just, we're heavy with burdens. And he says to come unto me, all you who are heavy and weary laden. You know the reason many times we are heavy and weary laden? Because we're trying to be the vine. We are trying to be the vine in our life. We are trying to be the vine for our children. We are trying to parent and have our children find their source and sufficiency in us. We are trying to be the vine for our spouse. We're trying to be the vine for our business. We're trying to be the vine for our community. Man, Washington needs us. No, Washington needs Jesus. You are just a branch like the rest of the branches in Washington. We may be a branch that's connected to our source, but that's the only difference between us and someone who's not. 
So you don't have to carry the weight of being God any longer. Maybe you come in here heavy. And maybe it's because you're trying to be God and you just didn't know it. Some of the most tumultuous times in our family, we have five kids, as I said, and uh, we're a mixed race family. We have two biological kids, three adopted kids that we adopted in Vegas, been together about five years. And some of the most tumultuous times in our family, and it can get stressful, right? We've got all the things going on, right? All the trauma, all the stuff, five of us, two dogs, a partridge in a pear tree, all the things, right? All the things. I often ask, why did we do, what are we doing? Where did it go wrong? But some of the most tumultuous times are when I try to be the vine of my family. When me and my wife try to control a life that we weren't meant to control. And Andrew Murray reminds us and Jesus reminds us, I'm the vine, my dad is the gardener and you just need to be a branch. There is freedom in being a branch, which leads to this truth. Branches need a vine. Branches need a vine. Everyone in your community over here on this side of the river, if they are without a relationship with Jesus, they are branches without a vine. They are branches without a source. If you come in here and you are discouraged and defeated and feel distant from God, it's because your branch has disconnected from God and you need to get back into connection with him. And here's what Jesus says in John 15. He says, abide in me. Be a branch that's connected. Because then I'll be in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And I know we preach this next part of the verse so often, and we say it so often, but I wonder in myself, how much do we believe it? Jesus says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you really believe that? Do we live our lives in a way that says, apart from him, I can do nothing. I can do nothing of eternal significance. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Every human being on earth needs a source for life. It is inarguable. You know why that's true? Because we were made that way. We were created to need Something. It's, it's that pit in our stomach, in our soul, that wants to be satisfied. It's that hole that says there's got to be more than this. And so what we do is we'll pursue the things, right? The house, the money, the relationship, the kids, all that kind of success. And then there's still this hole. And we're wondering, what is going on? There's no better place you see this, this need for a source, than in marriage. I don't know if you've ever heard this example, but it's like two, dick, two ticks and no dog. You ever heard that? A marriage that is two ticks and no dog. Here's what happens. You get married and your marriage struggles. And because there's no source in your marriage except for each other, two ticks, when they don't have a dog, they'll suck the life out of each other. They will get blood one way or the other. And if there's no source, they will suck it out of each other. 
And that's exactly what happens in marriage, is when we struggle, it's because there's no center source, and so I'm sucking the life out of you, and you're sucking the life out of me, and you're supposed to make me fulfilled and happy, and you're supposed to be everything I ever wanted, and you're supposed to satisfy me at all times. And the problem is, none of us were made to be that for someone. None of us. If your marriage is crumbling, if it's struggling, and that happens all the time and everywhere, it happens at my church, it happens here, it happens everywhere, it is often because there is no source of life coming from outside of each other. It's two people constantly looking at each other saying, you don't satisfy me anymore. And it's because you were never meant to. You may love him, ladies. He may be the best thing ever. Oh, but you've never met my man. He is a source. He's all I need. See manbeck at richwoods.org. You will tell me one day that's not true. He wasn't meant to be that. Fellas, she cannot fill your tank. It's why Jesus said, I am the vine, not her. Eve couldn't be the vine for Adam. Adam couldn't be the vine for Eve. That's why they walked with God in the cool of the day, right? Every human being on earth needs a source for life. We are fruitless without our vine. We are fruitless without our vine. We are useless without our vine. We are powerless without our vine. Andrew Murray said in the true vine, again, abiding in the vine then comes to be nothing more or less than the restful surrender of the soul. Let's just breathe that in for a second. If we went around and we asked each other, if I, if I met you out in the lobby and said, how are you doing? You would probably give me one of two answers. I am busy or I'm tired. You laugh because you know it's true, right? I'm busy and I'm tired. Some of you are napping right now because you are busy and tired. And that's okay. If that's what you need, this isn't my church. You go ahead and sleep, right? That's fine. You may need that. That's good. Find it here. We're all busy and tired. And so Andrew Murray says, abiding in the vine then comes to be nothing more or less than the restful surrender of the soul to let Christ have all and work all. Can you imagine living in this culture with a restful surrender of the soul? Your church is growing. Your church is thriving. I watch it. It's awesome what God is doing here. If hundreds of people start living an alternative script and they find a restful surrender in the soul, you won't have enough chairs or building space because people are dying to find that kind of life. Your community is looking for a group of people that isn't finding source for life anywhere else than in Jesus and they live a life that is a restful surrender of the soul. Can you even imagine if that was your life? with all the kids, all the sports, all the school, all the work, all that kind of stuff, that you abide in the vine and have a restful surrender of the soul. John Tyson, who's one of my favorite preachers in America, he pastors a church called Church of the City in New York City. He wrote a wonderful book called Beautiful Resistance. I love it, it's great. He said this, the joy and satisfaction that come from being faithful to Christ will always be richer than the mere ease that comes from drifting along the cultural currents. I'm gonna ask you two challenging questions, okay? This is where you send your emails to Dave, okay? Two challenging questions, and I want you to ponder them. Not just today, but take them with you, if you remember. Number one, are we drifting along with the cultural currents? John Tyson says, man, 
to be faithful to Christ is richer than just drifting along the cultural currents. Most believers, I, I believe, are just drifting along with the cultural currents. They're just being and doing, the, we believe in God, we worship him, we even volunteer, we're part of a church, but for the most part, we're just drifting along with the cultural currents. To be a branch engrafted in the vine is to drift along the way of Jesus, which is always, always countercultural. So that leads to a second question. Say, man, I don't know if I'm drifting along with the cultural currents. I don't know if I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm not sure if I'm pushing back. I'm not sure if I'm a branch who needs a vine constantly to survive. Then ask yourself this question. Are you a believing branch or a following branch? There is a difference. There is a massive difference between being a believer in God and a follower of the way of Jesus. Massive difference. Massive Right In the way you live, in your morning time, in your night time, in the way you do your finances, your parenting, your marriage, the way you do church. Believers came to check the box of church. Followers came to worship and to be changed and to hear something from the word that would change their relationship with God. See, we need to ask that question, am I a branch that is connected to the source? And that causes me to be a follower. I read something on your website that says this, Connect Church exists to connect our community to Christ. That's what it says on your website. I assume that's still true, right? Connect Church exists to connect our community to Christ. This mission, that mission, requires purposeful living and passionate following. If we drift along with the cultural currents, there is no way we will connect our community to Christ. Because if you're drifting along with the cultural currents, you're just like the culture, and so am I. And what the culture wants is something alternative. They want something different. They want something that isn't the same thing they see on the news, right? It's why we have to be unified in the church, because division is already happening in our country, it's why love is, it stands out way more now than it ever has. It's why welcoming everyone is more important and magnifying than ever before because outside in the culture, it's just hate. And it's agree with me. And it's the only way we can be friends. Connect church exists to connect our community to Christ. Following branches are the only ones who can pull off that mission. Now, before we're done, I wanna give you some really good news. There is, within this vine thing, incomprehensible joy in abiding. That if you leave here and you decide and you, you, you craft your life to be a branch who is connected to the source, you have a conversation with your spouse that says, hey, I've been sucking the life out of you because I didn't have a source in my life. 
We need to get with a pastor and we need to talk about how do we get Jesus to be the center. Man, we've been struggling so much as parents because I'm a branch that wasn't connected to Jesus and I wasn't inviting him into our parenting. Our finances are suffering. We're deep in debt. We're so stressed out because the source is us and not Jesus. If you walk out of here and say, man, I've had enough. I wanna change. What you're gonna find out as you begin to abide in Jesus, there is incomprehensible joy about to come into your life incomprehensible joy. In John 15, verse eight, he says this. This is Jesus talking, remember. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. He says, if you do these things, if you connect to the source, you will go outside in your community and you will prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, check this out, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is what's so powerful about I am the true vine, is when we are connected to him, our joy, can be full. Show me some people whose joy is full and I'll show you a Jesus that I want to have a part in, right? Show me some people that have joy that is full even through the suffering and that's a Jesus that I wanna tap into. Show me some people that are so full of joy that it doesn't matter who's president, it matters who's king. And I'll show you a Jesus that people will be interested in. In another year, some of us are gonna get so indignant at people because they vote for one man or the other man or the other woman or whatever. And in doing that, you will lose your entire testimony about the love of God. You will act like God is not in control. You will put all your faith in our government and politics. And all of that is just the world doing what the world does. Right? He says, show me a people full of joy. What does it mean to abide in Jesus? It means to remain or stay or dwell. It means we are planted in Jesus, rooted in Jesus, growing, budding, blossoming in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Does that describe your walk with Jesus? The best place to discover these things are a little place I call the secret place. The secret place. The secret place is what Christianity used to always call my Devo time, right? You ever heard that? Got my devotionals in, now off to work, right? Nothing wrong with Devo time, nothing, not at all. But I wonder, Henry Nouwen said this, and, and then I'll talk to you about this for a second. Jesus invites us to abide in his love. That's his invitation to everybody today, including me. Jesus the vine is inviting each of us here at, at, at Connect to abide in his love. That means to dwell with all that I am in him. It is an invitation to total belonging, to full intimacy, and to an unlimited being with. Now I'm gonna give you two scenarios, right? Tomorrow morning is Monday, right? Most of you will probably go back to work on Monday. I've taken Mondays off for 15 years, it's glorious. You guys all go back to work, the golf course is empty, it's perfect, <laughs> it's perfect, right? But for many of us, we'll go back to work or we'll do our thing. When we wake up tomorrow, 
You may wake up and have a nice 15 to 30 minute Devo time. A little coffee, a little short prayer, and then you're gonna head into the battlefield for 14 to 16 hours. See, but what the vine is inviting us into is something so much more than that. He's inviting us into the secret place. Did you hear what Henry Nowen described it? So you wake up in the morning, you have this 15 to 30 minute Devo time, maybe do the Lectio 365 app and listen to that eight minute thing, or you listen to some new version on the way into work. And it's nice, it gives you that little start and then you're in battle for 14 to 16 hours, trying not to drift along with the cultural current. And it's really hard when 15 minute interaction with a distant God is all you got. What Henry Nowen describes is an alternative script. You wake up tomorrow morning at whatever time it takes. This morning I was up at 4.15. And you get connected to the vine. And when you get connected to the vine, you find total belonging in his presence. You get before God and you, you know that his mercies are new every morning. You sit with God free of judgment. You know you're sinful, you know you've made mistakes, but this is a place of total belonging. You and him, intimate. You can find your secret place wherever it is. For me, it's a center corner of the couch, a cup of coffee, just a fireplace going if it's cold, and it's just me and him. No one's awake. All five kids are sleeping. It's glorious. Just let's breathe that in. All five kids are asleep. They're about to be here second service, and you're gonna know when they come. I'm sorry. But you find total belonging in his presence. Then you have this full intimacy with him as you cry out and he speaks to your heart through the word. You're not just reading a chapter and then moving on and maybe highlighting one verse. You're sitting in here saying, God, speak to me. Tell me your will. You are the vine. I'm nothing but a branch. Fill me with full intimacy. Let's be intimate together, God. Let's be close, let me feel you, let me have an encounter with you because I'm about to go into a day that is gonna be hard and difficult and I need to be a leader and a father and a husband and all the things. And then he speaks to your heart and you have this unlimited belonging that you wish didn't have an end as your workday approaches. That you leave the secret place and you're driving to work and you're like, man, that was such a rich time. I wish I could stay on the couch and just spend more time with him. You see the difference? You see the difference between the secret place and the Devo time? You see the difference between there being a God and him being the vine? You see the difference between I go to church and I am connected to the source of my entire life? It's leaving the secret place and saying, without you, I can do nothing today. See, Jesus is the true vine. And here's what he wants from us. He allows us to just be branches. He allows us to just be branches. How freedom is that? You don't have to leave this room today being God anymore. You don't have to be the vine anymore. You can just be a branch with fellow branches. Number two, he provides a source for every area of our lives. He provides a source for every area of your life. 
And then number three, he opens up incomprehensible joy found in abiding with him. I hope that when you leave here, you will figure out what needs to happen in my life to make Jesus the source of everything I need. And what needs to happen tomorrow morning or tonight or tomorrow night that I find a secret place, a quiet place, an intimate place, a fully transparent place with the God of the universe. That's why he died on that cross last Friday. That's why he rose from the dead, not to be distant, but to be so close, we have a fresh encounter with him every single day. Connect Church, would you mind if I prayed for you real quick? Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you spoke to us. You just didn't have men write it, but in John 15, it was literally your voice. You told us, I am the vine. My father's the gardener. You're the branches. Make sure everybody has their right position and know that I am the source of all that you need. God, I so often try to be the source. I so often in my life, I confess to you, try to control things. And so often have a short, brief time with you when you're calling me to deep intimacy. Thank you that you make us aware of that. Thank you that you show us that we can't find life in other people only. We are meant to find it in our true vine. Draw people to yourself this morning. I pray for that soul that made their way in here this morning. They had no idea what was gonna happen. And they realize right now that you, the giver of life, love them, want to abide with them, and want to be the thing that in deep inside their soul, they know they're missing. I pray for them that they'll have the courage and boldness to speak with someone and give their life to you, the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.